Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? If you have, the best answer for doing one is Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, posting, and distributing your podcast. Anchor is available to download for your Apple or Android devices, or you can go to anchor.fm. Best of all, it's 100% free and so easy to use. So what are you waiting for? If you want to start your own podcast, download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. Anchor, the best way to make your podcast. is the Mofobo Network Podcast, bringing you the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. Now, here's your host, Neil Villapiano. What is going on, guys? It's your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Mofobo Network Podcast here on Anchor or Spotify, whichever one you're listening to this episode on. Thank you guys so much for taking some time to take a listen to this today. I appreciate all the love and support that you guys give me. It truly means the world to me. As always, we have a ton to talk about here that goes on in the world of sports. We're into now the conference finals of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're deep into the second round of the NBA playoffs. We're about three weeks away from the end of the Major League Baseball season. And, ladies and gentlemen, football in the NFL is back this week, starting on Thursday night when the Texans take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the first game of the season. And later on this week on Mofobo Network Presents on our YouTube channel, I'll be doing an NFL preview. So you'll want to stick around for that. You're, if you're listening to this, on Tuesday, then, you, then you'll know that you'll see that video tomorrow. But obviously, just go on Mofobo Network Presents YouTube channel, and you can check it out when it's up in, in, base, in about a day, I would say. At the time of this recording, it'll be about a day uh, until it comes out. But probably for most of you, it will already be out by the time. But, you know, I thought I'd get it in. But today, we are actually going to be previewing and then predicting What's going to happen in the conference finals of the Stanley Cup playoffs? We are down to the final four teams of this year's very unique Stanley Cup playoffs. In the Eastern Conference, you have the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the New York Islanders. And in the Western Conference, you have the surprising Dallas Stars taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. So we are going to go through both both um, you know conference finals I'm going to give some news and notes things that you should expect to see in this round and then at the end I'm just going to give my prediction and we'll go from there so without further ado let's kick things off and drop the puck with first talking about the Eastern Conference between like I mentioned before the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders so the Tampa Bay Lightning are in the Eastern Conference Finals for the fifth time in seven years. So clearly since John Cooper took over as the head coach of the Lightning, he has done a very good job of getting this team to be as talented as they are 
and as consistent as they are getting into the postseason and making long runs, with the exception of last year in which they were swept in four straight by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the most surprising first round matchup last year. I don't think, I mean, first of all, it's safe to say that there were a lot of high expectations, like there have been the last couple of years with Tampa Bay going into last year. And for them to have a 3 nothing lead in the first game, blow that lead, lose that game, and then lose the next three to get swept was a pretty embarrassing situation, to say the least. But they came into this postseason clearly with a chip on their shoulder. They added a couple of players and guys like Patrick Maroon. They added Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman via the trade deadline. They added some pieces to their team to be a little bit grittier, a little bit tougher, a little bit more you know, resilient, so to speak, because I think they wanted to make sure that this team did not have a playoff like they did last year. And they ended up with the second seed in the Eastern Conference you know, during the round robin finishing behind the Philadelphia Flyers. And in their first round, of course, they had to face the Columbus Blue Jackets, who had just knocked off the hometown, or I guess home city team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, in the qualifying round. So clearly, and I will say this from from my own personal belief, that I truly did believe that the Blue Jackets were going to once again beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. And if you remember that first game, game one, went to six over, excuse me, five overtimes before Braden Point scored the game-winning goal midway through the fifth overtime to give the Lightning a one nothing lead. Now, even though the Lightning did lose game two and the series was tied at a game apiece, I think Tampa won the series based off of the first game because they pretty much dominated the next two games, games three and four, and then won in overtime of game five. Once again, Braden Point scoring the game-winning goal, and the Lightning were able to exercise the Demons from a year ago and move on to the second round in which they would face the defending Eastern Conference champion, Boston Bruins. Now, the big news line in that, in that series was Tuka Rask decided to leave the bubble to go be with his family and take care of his family. And from what I read and I heard that his children were having some difficulties with, with their health. I don't know what specifically, and we're not gonna go into that, but I wanted to give my own personal take on that. I'm fully 100% with Tukarask. Look, it is a very difficult world that we're living in right now with COVID-19 and how dip- and how you know traumatic the pandemic has been for millions upon millions of people. And these players are away from their families for a very long time. And you know, I'm sure Tukarask missed them dearly. And th- what happened with his kids just kind of put him over over the limit. And he just made the, I think, in my opinion, the right decision to leave the bubble and go home. Now, obviously, there's a lot of people out there that agree with me and also a lot that disagree with me. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I think in this case, the Bruins, I'm sure 100% understood. It's an unfortunate situation from the team standpoint, but nonetheless, you had to feel pretty confident anyway with Yaroslav Halak being your backup. He had done very well the previous year and even this year since he came to Boston. So it, w- it, it wasn't a panic situation. But clearly, as the series progressed, you could see that the Bruins would have loved to have had Tukarask in net and be fully, I wouldn't say healthy, but be a full team uh, with, with your main guys. Uh, you could see early on that Tampa Bay 
again, another they're facing another team that they have had some trouble with in the past in the postseason. Uh, they knew that they had to find a way to get past this team, and I, I didn't have I don't I did not have Tampa winning the series. I think I picked Boston in seven. Um, I could be wrong, but nonetheless, the Lightning once again kind of dominated after the first two games, pretty much dominated the rest of the way. And as a result, we're able to win the series pretty easily in five games to move on to now the Eastern Conference Finals. And they've been off for a little more than a week. So obviously, they're going to have an advantage with their guys being rested. Um, but but the, the flip side of that is simply, you know, are they going to be rusty early on in this series because they haven't played for a while? You know, it can go either way. It, this happens all the time in these rounds. So, you know, but I'm sure that the Lightning are going to be very happy that they've had this rest. And now they're going to be flying out to Edmonton because the, the Western, the, both the Eastern and Western Conference Finals are being held in Edmonton, including the Stanley Cup Finals. So that last game between the Islanders and Flyers was actually the last game that was going to be played at the Toronto bubble. So Toronto is now officially done with the Stanley Cup playoffs. A job well done by them. No, not a single reported positive case of COVID-19. Everybody who worked there, everybody who was involved did a fantastic job. We as hockey fans and sports fans in general applaud you and appreciate all the work that you guys put in to make this thing possible. So congratulations to them. And so now, it, so now the entire playoffs will be focused in Edmonton, Alberta, conference finals, and then the Stanley Cup finals. So the Tampa Bay Lightning have been able to exercise a bunch of demons. And what I think is most impressive is that they've been able to have all this success without their top man and their captain, Steven Stamkos, who John Cooper, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, did confirm that he will not be available for the conference finals. So is there still a chance that he could get back for the Stanley Cup finals if Tampa Bay gets there? Without a doubt. But you got to give the Lightning a lot of credit that they've been able to have the success that they've had without an elite player like Stamkos. And if Stamkos does come back and he can play and he's at 100%, that just makes that Lightning team that much better. So a job well done by Coach Cooper and that entire Lightning team for battling through some adversity, exercising some demons, and rightfully earning their spot in the Eastern Conference Finals. And so now, will go over to their opponent in the surprising New York Islanders. Now, for Islander fans, they might say, oh, well, it's not that much of a surprise. But I think to the hockey world, you would say that the Islanders were probably not the first or second, maybe even third team that most people expected to be one of the final two teams in the Eastern Conference. But the New York Islanders coming into this you know, bubble were going to be a play-in team. They had to play a qualifying round and they won it in four games against the Florida Panthers. They had a good amount of success. You know, they were up three games to one, and then Florida got a game, but they handled them quite easily. That was that series I wasn't surprised by. Then they go up against the Washington Capitals, who, again, was one of those three teams that was expected to make a long run in the postseason. Well, the Islanders, especially defensively, did a tremendous job of slowing down the offense of the Capitals with guys like, Alexander Ovechkin, you had John Carlson, Ilya Kovalchuk, TJ Oshie, uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, you know, Wilson, you know, they, they had a lot of different guys that could put the puck in the back of the net uh, on any given night. 
Islanders did a fantastic job of really slowing them down to the point where they had a three games to none lead and nearly swept the Capitals out, but the Capitals were able to at least win game four before being ultimately knocked out by the Islanders in five games. So right there, the Islanders had just won their second series in a row and were taking on the number one seeded and hottest team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And really, that was in the regular season before we had the stoppage, and that was the Philadelphia Flyers, led by one of the most up-and-coming young goaltenders in our game today in Carter Hart. And, you know, first, you know, you go through the first, the first four games, and the Islanders are doing exactly what they did to the Washington Capitals. They were just slowing down the offense of the Flyers. They looked, you know, completely outmatched at times. And the Islanders looked like they were just going to cakewalk for another five games into the conference finals. And then the Flyers chose to not go away and were able to win the next two games in overtime to secure a spot to play in a game seven. And, you know, honestly, I, will, I won't lie that I definitely expected the Flyers to win the, to win the final game. Um, it just didn't seem like the Islanders could figure out how to slow down the offense that finally was revived a bunch from the Flyers. But in that game seven, the Islanders went back to playing the way that they're capable of playing and were able to successfully win game seven and knock out the Flyers to move on to the conference finals for the first time since 1993 when the Islanders were knocked out by the eventual cup champion Montreal Canadian. So we're down to the final two teams, Tampa Bay versus the New York Islanders. And let's go through some news and notes, you know, with both teams. Let's start with the biggest, I guess you would say matchup for me when it comes to this series, and that is Tampa Bay's explosive offense, especially with how aggressive their defensemen are offensively, versus the neutral trap zone defense that the Islanders play. Now, this neutral trap zone was something that was originally kind of brought into the NHL during the late 90s, early 2000s, when the New Jersey Devils, who were led by general manager Lou Lamorello, who's now the GM of the Islanders, uh, that's what they brought in and they won Stanley Cups with. And, you know, I'm sure Lou Lamorello had talks with head coach Barry Trotz about having a similar system. And I've said it before numerous times, I've never seen a team do as well you know, executing a system to a T better than the New York Islanders. They have done it. They've been able to slow down, you know, some of the top players in the Eastern Conference and really frustrate them to the point where they're taking bad penalties. And the Islanders are just taking advantage of it with their power play, which they've scored 10 out of, I think, 51 chances, which for most people you'd say that's not great. But considering the fact that sometimes it's, it feels like it's impossible to score in a power play for whatever reason, um, it's still pretty impressive when you compare it to other power plays that are left in this Stanley Cup playoffs. But if the Lightning can find a way to get past that and, and figure out how to get through that neutral zone trap, I think, that the, I think that the Lightning have a much better advantage, a much higher advantage in these one-on-one -on -one games. But if it's a low-scoring game, the Islanders definitely have the upper hand because that's the type of game that they like to play. And if they and if the Lightning fall into those neutral zone traps, it's going to be a very quick series um, in favor of the Islanders. They're going to really make it a nightmare for the Lightning uh, throughout the entire series. Uh, the next thing that I look at is Semyon Varlamov. Can Varlamov bounce back after giving up five goals in Game Six? He was he was pulled, I believe, in that game, and Thomas Grice ended up starting Game Seven and won. So the question is, does Barry Trotz go back to Varlamov? 
or does he go with Thomas Christ to start the series? I don't know. Um, but I think Varlamov, especially the way he's been playing in these postseason, and it wasn't that long ago that we were considering him to be one of the better goalies in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and certainly somebody that could be up for the Conn Smythe Trophy as playoff MVP. I think he's capable of bouncing back. I think he will bounce back. I think that game was just, you know, remember, it had to go to overtime for it to be decided. And I think that there wouldn't have been as much hesitation um, from Barry Trotz's mind if the Islanders had still won that game. So we'll see. But I fully expect Varlamov at some point to get back in the net. And I think the Islanders feel comfortable with both Varlamov and Thomas Grice. They're, they're both very solid goalkeepers. And I, I, I think that he will be able to bounce back. And he's going to be a big guy that the Islanders will look to to come up with some big saves, especially in low-scoring games, if the Islanders can get it to that point. Sticking with the Islanders, a guy that I really want to see step up a little bit more is Matthew Barzell. Barzell, even though he's, he's had about four or five goals so far and has really been involved in a lot of the play in that first line of him, Anders Lee, and also uh, I think Brock Nelson, I might be wrong about that. Uh, that. That first line for the Islanders has been tremendous from start to the point that we're at now. I mean, they've been absolutely out of this world. But if Barzell can, can get on the score sheet with regards to scoring a little bit more and really becomes the dynamic player that he is, it's just going to be much more difficult for that defense of the Lightning to really slow him down. And if he gets going, the rest of the team gets going. And then they're, they're going to fall into their system perfectly. They're not going to be rattled. And they're just going to go from there. So that's going to be something I want to keep my eye on uh, when this series begins. Now, the big guy, because we have two topics here with regards to the Tampa Lightning, but the big guy, obviously, for the Tampa Lightning this year has been, without a doubt, Braden Point. Six goals, 12 assists so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He has been white hot to say the least. I mean, he really has. I mean, this guy who was a third-round pick, I think he's drafted like 79th overall in his draft class, has become one of the best young up-and-coming players in our game today and is a star in the making, especially the way he's been playing in this postseason. And he soon is going to need a pay raise. And if he keeps playing this way, this man is going to be worth something like seven, eight, nine million million per year. I mean, that is ridiculous. He is constantly in the middle of everything. He is scoring the big-time goals. He scored two big-time overtime winners against Columbus in the first round, and he, was, he continued to be a big factor in the series against the Boston Bruins. So the Lightning, they're going to be looking for a lot of guys to step up, and they've had a lot of guys, but Braden Point is going to be the main person that the Lightning are going to be looking to to really continue to play the way he's been playing and to help propel Tampa Bay to the cup final. Now, the other thing that I want to point out that you guys should keep in mind when you watch the series is watch how the third line of Tampa Bay continues to perform with Barkley Goudreau, Yanni Gord, and Blake Coleman. They have been tremendous since the playoffs started. They have unbelievable chemistry. They have all scored big-time goals in games that they needed a goal late to grab a lead and to win a game. They're a team that, in those dire situations, you need them to come on. They all bring physicality. They all bring skill. But the biggest thing, more than anything else, speed. This is the fastest line I have seen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They are constantly being able to blow past some of their defenders, and they've really just frustrated, you know, defensemen. And especially if you have maybe defensemen that are a little bit more on the older side, they might have a very, very difficult time slowing them down. There is no question about it. So that's going to be a line 
that I want to keep my eye on and that you guys should definitely keep your eye on when it comes to watching the series and who comes through for Tampa Bay Lightning. So with that being said, the question is that I'm sure you guys would ask me, Neil, who do you got in this series? Well, number one, I think it's going seven games. I think even though these two teams are very different, they're also very similar to just the way they play their system so well. And I think both teams are just going to have moments throughout the series where they're just the better team and they've just been able to figure it out. And they wouldn't be here in the conference finals if they weren't legitimately and consistently good throughout. So I'm going to go with the New York Islanders. I think that, you know, defense wins you championships. And it's been hard to see a team with a, an elite offense constantly be consistent throughout the four rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Eventually, they start to slow down and they lose their scoring. And I think Tampa, if they start to lose their scoring, this series is going to end a lot sooner. But I am going to go with the New York Islanders. I think that they are, they are young. They are hungry. They want to continue to shock the world. And I think, you know, because Tampa hasn't proven at times to get over the hump that they need to get over in order to win a cup, until proven otherwise, I can't really go with the Tampa Bay Lightning, even though – Part of me wants to say, you know, look how dominant they've been offensively. But I think that the Islanders are going to find a way to win this series, and it's going to go seven games. And now let's go over to the Western Conference Finals. Now, this is something that I think if you look at both of these teams, probably one of them when we started this whole playoff back in early August was probably one of the teams that we all expected to maybe get here. The other one I think is one that, I'm sure most people, especially myself, did not think uh, that was going to make it, especially after the round-robin play that they have. But we have the Western Conference Finals between the young and certainly surprising Dallas Stars against the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, let's start with the Dallas Stars. So the Dallas Stars were one of the four teams that was already qualified for the Stanley Cup playoffs. They played in the round-robin. They did win one game, and they finished with the third seed uh, in, the, in the Western Conference. And in the first round, they took on the Calgary Flames. Now, I picked the Calgary Flames just because I felt like they had a little bit more momentum. Also, you just saw, if you watched with the round-robin games that the Dallas Stars had, they just were struggling to score. Nobody seemed to be getting it going. Nobody seemed to be really on, you know, ready to get it jumping. So... It was easy for me to want to go with the Flames just because I felt like the Flames were just going to outscore the Dallas Stars. Well, it ended up happening the opposite way. It seemed like the Flames just forgot how to score and the Stars just found life. Uh, and a couple guys that, you know, I want to mention really stepped up in that series and have stepped up, you know, since. And that is, you know, rookie Dennis Gurionov, who has eight goals and seven assists. Uh, Miral Heiskanen, who is arguably one of the top up-and-coming young defensemen in our game today. Five goals, 16 assists so far for him. And the former San Jose Shark captain, now first-year Dallas star, Joe Pavelski, eight goals, four assists. And all those guys contributed in the Dallas Stars winning that series. I believe they won it in five or six off the top of my head. And I remember that final game. The Flames were up 3 nothing right away in the first period. So it looked like, okay, we're, we're sending this to, a, to another game. The Dallas Stars then scored seven unanswered goals, including four from Dennis Guriano, and they won 7-3. They obliterated for the next 50 minutes the Calgary Flames. 
and force them to now, there's a lot of question marks about the future of that team, especially after the disappointment that they had in these playoffs. But nonetheless, the Dallas Stars moved on to the second round, taking on the heavily favored Colorado Avalanche. Now, yeah, I mean, let's face it. I, once again, did not think that the Dallas Stars were going to keep up with the with the young, uh, speedy team, especially led by who I think should definitely be considered for the Hart Trophy in Nathan McKinnon. And certainly Nathan McKinnon lived up to the hype because he, he ended up just scoring a point per game except the final game, Game 7. But the Dallas Stars came out and dominated the first four games. To the point, you're up three games to one. And all of a sudden it was like, wow, this Dallas Stars team looks to be for real. And then the Avalanche were able to win the next two games to force a game seven. And just like in the Islanders Flyers series, I felt, well, it was a nice run by the Stars, but it's going to unfortunately come to an end here. Well, the Stars, and particularly a young man by the name of Yoel Kiviranta, would not die. They would not go away. They ended up battling back, forcing overtime, and Kiviranta, who already had two goals in the game, scored the game winner in overtime to complete the hat trick and send the Dallas Stars to the Western Conference Finals for, I believe, the first time since, I want to say 2008, but I could be wrong. It might be sooner or later than that. But nonetheless, the Dallas Stars were able to shock the Colorado Avalanche in seven games and move on to the Western Conference Finals. And one last bit of information that is incredibly impressive, the Dallas Stars defense have gotten a total of 46 points combined with 12 goals in these playoffs. That's more than any other team's defense in the Stanley Cup playoffs and the most they've had since 1999 when the Dallas Stars ended up winning the Stanley Cup that year. So the Dallas Stars defense, led by Miro Heiskanen, John Klingberg, Dennis Gurionov, guys like that, they are really lighting it up and being a big part of the offense. I mean, it's almost like you have a handful of more forwards that are playing and, and they're constantly, you know, moving up in the play, taking some risks that have worked out in their favor so far in these playoffs. And then you have a very solid goaltender in, in Anton Udobin, who, you know, for a long time was considered just a very solid backup. Now he's really earning a lot of the, the money that he should eventually get. There's no question about it. Uh, coming in for the, for Ben Bishop, who was deemed unfit to play and has done very, very well. And I've, very impressed with him. If the Stars continue to play the way they've been playing, they got a really legitimate shot of going all the way. And Rick Bonus, who took over as the interim head coach back uh, in mid or early December, has done a tremendous job. And I'm really liking this Dallas Stars team. And all these guys, they're, they're doing all this without Jamie Bent or Tyler Sagan. They're two top main guys really scoring on a consistent basis. So if those two guys can get going, that's just very bad news for the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, speaking of the Golden Knights, let's kind of talk about them a little bit. So the Golden Knights, like the Flyers, went undefeated in the round robin and earned the number one seed. In the first round, they took on the Chicago Blackhawks, to which I actually said that the Blackhawks were going to beat them in seven. Vegas ended up knocking out the Blackhawks in five games. So it was a pretty pretty one-sided series to say the least. The biggest question, you know, throughout the entire playoffs and even in that series was who were the Golden Knights going to go with, you know, in net? Well, they've kind of, for the most part, been with Robin Leonard. They have had Marc-Andre Fleury play a couple games, but it's been mostly Robin Leonard 
who was able to knock out the team that traded him away in the Chicago Blackhawks in the first round. And then they took on the young upstart Vancouver Canucks in round two. They had a three games to one lead, the Golden Knights did, and proceeded to lose the next two games. So all of a sudden, going into game seven for the second straight year, the Golden Knights had had a three games to one lead and had to play a decisive game seven. And they were really struggling against Thatcher Demko, who came in to start game five um, after Markstrom was deemed unfit to play. And Thatcher Demko gave up one goal through the next two games and really frustrated the hell out of the Vegas Golden Knights to the point where it had to go to a decisive game seven. And he would continue to frustrate them until about six minutes to go in the third period where Shea Theodore on the power play scored the game-winning goal for the Golden Knights, and they would go on to win that game 3-0 with two empty net goals, advance to the Western Conference Finals for the second time in three years since they came into the NHL. So the Golden Knights were able to exercise some demons by not blowing it three games to one lead. Also, Ryan Reeves had taken a five-minute major in game misconduct in that game, and it was just very similar to the series against the San Jose Sharks last year. But this time, the Golden Knights did not give up four or five goals. Matter of fact, they didn't even give up a goal on that five-minute major and ended up winning that game. So they were able to exercise some of their own demons and get to the Western Conference Finals. Shea Theodore has been absolutely phenomenal for the Golden Knights. Six goals, 10 assists. He is the catalyst for this team. And what's so impressive is that he's not afraid to come up in the play, not just stay back and play defense, but come up and be almost like a fourth forward and, and score goals and really get this team rolling here. And it's really just an impressive job. And, and I remember talking to a couple of Golden Knights people over the last couple of weeks and saying, I think Shea Theodore is a guy that could be a Norris Trophy winning defenseman within the next year or two. So I know the Anaheim Ducks are certainly kicking themselves that they let this guy go. But sometimes just going to a new place like Vegas you know, gives you the opportunity to blossom to the player that you want to be. And that's what Shea Theodore has done. And he's going to be a big factor in this series against the Dallas Stars, considering that they have to go up against an elite core of defensemen that the Dallas Stars have. The goalie situation for the Golden Knights is not a situation. I would kill to have a team that I like have two legitimate, you know, really good goaltenders playing. So I think the Golden Knights really are not worrying about it. It's not a problem for them. They're comfortable with either guy. I'll be interested to see if Fleury gets any sort of playing time. He may. He may not. But I think the Golden Knights just feel comfortable with either guy. I think Robin Leonard for now will be the number one. You know, if you want to say 1A and 1B, that's fine. But I think Robin Leonard is the guy right now. He's been playing really well. And you got to sometimes just go with the hot hand, regardless of, you know, the past or situation you just got to go with the hot hand and I think Robin Leonard right now is probably going to be the guy and I think Golden Knights fans should really just calm down and be happy that they have two legit goaltenders that can play on any given night and give you a win they have one of the deepest teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs that we still have left in this so that's a situation that really isn't a situation at all and Mark Stone who was traded last year at the deadline from the Ottawa Senators to the Vegas Golden Knights, has really stepped up here in the postseason. Six goals, nine assists, and he's definitely one of those guys that I look, look to to be a possible Conn Smythe Trophy you know, finalist. Um, if the Golden Knights get to the Stanley Cup Finals and you know, proceed to win it, I think Mark Stone would be a guy that 
you would look to to be somebody that could say, yeah, he might be the playoff MVP because he's done really well. But I think the thing that people are not seeing enough of that I certainly have noticed is his defense. He does a tremendous job back checking. He does a great job lifting up the stick and, and getting back in the play and, and creating chances going the other way, even if he doesn't get a goal or assist on the play. So that's what I like about Mark Stone. This guy is a guy that can just do it all. He's a, you know, he, he's an offensive, he's a two-way forward in my opinion. And he does a tremendous job on both sides of the puck. And you need that. You really do need that, especially at this point in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So he's going to be another guy you have to watch out for, number 61 uh, for the Golden Knights uh, as we go into this conference final. So with that being said, Neil, who do you got? Well, again, I think this series is going seven. These two teams are very, very similar. They play their systems very well. And I think it's just going to be a back and forth series. It's not going to be, you know, one team takes a commanding lead and then the other team comes all the way back. I think it's just going to go back and forth for the majority of the series. But I'm going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights in seven games. I think that it will have to go to seven, like I mentioned. And I think Vegas will just find a way like they did against Vancouver, where one of those guys, Shea Theodore, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, is going to have to step up. And I think one of them will. And as a result, that's why I have the Vegas Golden Knights making it to the Stanley Cup Finals for the second time already in their franchise history through their first three years. And with that being said, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Mofobo Network Podcast. Thank you guys so much once again for listening to this one. What do you guys think? What are your predictions? Who do you guys think will step up in these playoffs? Who do you guys have as a Consmite Trophy possible winner? Let me know. I would love to hear from you guys. And you can let me know by following me on Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and on Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11. And speaking of hockey and kind of staying in the same realm, you can check me out on the Devil's State of Mind podcast, which is the New Jersey Devils-based podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we talk all things New Jersey Devils, all things hockey, and so much more. We have great guests, great topics, so you'll want to check that out. You can go on hockeypodcastnetwork.org or you could just go on Spotify, you can go on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Hockey Podcast Network and you will find it and you can check out the new episodes. We just posted a new one yesterday, so go check that out. I would love for you guys to go see that. You can follow our podcast Twitter at Devil's State, our Instagram at Devil's State of Mind, and our Facebook page, Devil's State of Mind. We also have a Facebook page for Mofobo Network, where you can stay up to date with new podcast episodes like this one, as well as new YouTube videos like I mentioned before earlier in this episode. Mofobo Network presents a new video every single Wednesday talking about anything that goes on in the world of sports. This week, this Wednesday, the video will be an NFL preview. I'll give you who I think wins their divisions, who makes the wild cards, who's going to win the MVP and also who I have in this year's Super Bowl. So you'll want to stick around and check that out. Mofobo Network presents. Go like and subscribe. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. And last but certainly not least, go check out my book right now on Amazon and also Barnes & Noble, J-E-T-S, Pain, Pain, Pain. It's about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. It goes through all the painful memories, painful player decisions, painful moments, and everything else that revolves around the Jets since 1969 when they won their first and only Super Bowl. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone who's one of those, 
or if you just want to support me, go check it out again on Amazon or Barnes & Noble for the price of $19.69. And if you're a Jets fan or a football fan, you probably guessed why I chose that price. You know, go check it out. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear from you guys. But once again, thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of the Mofobo Network Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue, as I always say, to remain safe out there during this difficult time with COVID-19. Wear a mask, practice social distancing. If you're sick, please stay home and contact your health officials. You know, we're all just trying to stay safe here, not just for you and I, but for everyone around us, our loved ones, our friends, and just all the people that you run into on a day-to-day basis. Thank you, as always, to the essential workers out there, the doctors, nurses, people working in grocery stores, and everything else. Thank you for all your hard work and determination to keeping us safe and to keeping us going during this difficult time. Your hard work does not go unnoticed. And as I always say at the end of every episode, no matter what is going on in the world, no matter what hardships you might be dealing with, just remember when you wake up in the morning to kick some mofobo. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we'll check you all next time. Everyone be safe and God bless.